Everybody, welcome to another episode of That's So Quetch, where we talk about dating, Torah, and everything in between. As always, I'm so excited to be talking about the topics of today. Uh, you know, rekindling with exes. We'll be talking about the concept of whether something is bad timing or not, and just some thoughts from Ecclesiastes, the book of Kohelet, from that we read on Sukkot because it's just my favorite, one of my favorite books, and has so many existential insights, which is, you know, my favorite kind of insight. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like, I kind of feel like this is the time of the year where everyone's kind of like getting sick. Like I feel myself like on the verge of something. I really hope not, but like, I just feel not totally well, but you know, hoping that I'll drink a bunch of tea tomorrow and it's all going to clear up. If there's anybody out there who's sick or stuffy or coughing or any of the gross things that winter brings to us in New York or wherever you are. Hopefully, maybe you're in a place that's super warm. But if you're not, I wish you warmth and mittens and gloves and all the things that make you cozy in this time of early nights and freezing mornings. And without further ado, let's just get right into it. So what spurned this idea of you know, rekindling with your exes and that just topic in general. I've just been, you know, talking to friends about situations in their life and feeling like I had like a few friends I was talking to about guys that they were not with anymore and like kind of like talking about the aftermath and they gave me this like smirk. You know that smirk when you're talking to a friend and they're like, yeah, we'll probably hang out though or like, oh, we actually have plans to hang out, and you look at them like you know that they're smirk. It's like a smirk of denial, like, yeah, no, it's totally fine. Like, this means nothing. It's, you know, completely, it's not a big deal. It's completely platonic, and you look at them like, oh, shit, like, this person's in it deep, and what's gonna happen here? I'm just, like, thinking about, like, sort of, there's kind of, like, the breakup in the timeline, then there's either like you cut it cold turkey or there's the gray area which I think is the time where like you kind of like slow down the breakup and like simmer it down like you're still talking you're still sort of like emotionally there for each other and not fully letting go but like you know it makes the pain a little less in my opinion um and then all these thoughts just like made me reflect on like my exes and just the concept of like is it bad to get back together with an ex and like when is it good and how should you should you end cold turkey or not? So first of all, on cold turkey, I have to say one time um, my like the last person I dated was like ended it. It was like super sudden, super cold turkey. And I like hated it so much because I felt like all the pain like was concentrated into like one time as opposed to like other people that I dated, like my 
high school boyfriend we dated and then when we ended it was like we sort it was like a long like crescendo to knowing that it was going to end and that it wasn't good for both of us and then um afterwards like there was definitely like I would say like a solid three month gray area where we like hung out and we were like yeah we're just friends like we just don't talk about like the other people in our lives and the truth is yeah like I felt a lot of pain when it was over but I think like in hindsight looking back at relationships that I've had that either have like toxic exes or cold turkey or the gray area like I really kind of do believe in the gray area I think it's like important to flesh out um, the end of the relationship and I think it's just like kind of another stage of the relationship and if you're ending anyway and you know that like it's not going to work I think it's okay to have like a slower ending to kind of ease you back into the, di the different stage of life that you're going to be in um definitely I can say that I have experienced exes that like wanted to stay friends um and I kind of learned from that like that it's definitely not always possible um I had an ex that like insisted on being friends and like it was just really hard for me because like I was also kind of pretending and the truth is I think when it comes to matters of the heart whenever you sense that you're like in a state of pretending I think that you're never in a good place because if you're not being honest with your feelings it's not like you're suddenly gonna actually feel that what you're doing is um, authentic to yourself like it's just gonna keep building up and building up and then ultimately you're gonna crash and just like be needing to be honest so I think I like whatever I pretended a lot um unfortunately also to make matters worse we were in a lot of extracurriculars together so I really could never like escape like I like we had a lot of like academic things that we were working on together so like that just trying to be like business-like when like you knew he was just the worst honestly I'm I'm sorry to say that I mean like he's a great person obviously but like it was not fun to have that experience. That being said, I don't recommend you to join extracurriculars when you're dating with some like long-term extracurriculars because you never know what's going to happen and then you're stuck in those for the rest of the time. Um, so yeah, I actually asked this question on my Instagram, um, the cold turkey one, and I honestly like 70% of the people that answered said that yes, like you should cut it cold turkey. But I would venture to say that not every person who said yes has actually been honest because it's easier said than done to be cold turkey. There has to be someone in the relationship who like is super strong about wanting to end and otherwise it's just not going to work. And to be honest, I think it's fine to explore the areas and honest, I'm also, I find I'm that friend who's kind of a bad influence sometimes. Like if you ask me whether you should do something or not, I'll often be like, I would do it, so I can't tell you not to do it, and you will have fun making the mistake, and you will learn. <laughs> like, if you want me to be the friend to tell you not to do something, don't go to me, because I'll always say, you know, YOLO, life is short, just do the thing, like, make the mistake, and, you know, not being realistic about the pain afterwards, because sometimes I just think it's worth the pain for the semblance of love you know as depressing as that sounds um yeah and I just like was thinking about why we get back together with people um because then another one of my questions on the poll was um have you ever gotten back together with an ex and 
I have never gotten back together with an ex. So that's definitely like explains my curiosity for the question. And that one was very interesting because my responses were like very much split down the middle. It was either, yes, I did. And it was a terrible idea and I'm never going to do it again. And like, it was horrible, terrible, or it was yes. And it was the best decision I ever made. And like the people who said that were like either like married or in long-term relationships. And it just made me think about the gray area that I mentioned earlier, that if you sometimes, I think obviously it depends whether or not you should get back together. But if you try it out and it ends horribly, at least you know that that wasn't meant to be. I think like if the reasons why you're not together, the red flags like are still relevant when you try it again, then it's obviously going to crash and burn. But I think sometimes the red flags are relevant like at a certain time um and then I asked the follow-up question about timing because I think that like getting back together with exes has a lot to do with timing and sometimes it works out when it's good timing and sometimes it works out when it's bad timing um and I also sometimes like have a hard time believing like I say it just now that like this is a real thing but also personally I have a hard time believing in the concept of timing because like, I just think if something isn't going to work out, then it's not going to work out. And just because it's a different time doesn't mean that, like, I find it hard to envision myself going back into the shoes of something that I was in and then, you know, having it work out. Like, it just doesn't seem so plausible to me uh, just because it's never, I've never been in a situation like that. So it just feels unrealistic to me. Um I also like have to admit that when someone tells me like it's bad timing, I think it's hard for me to understand that like that is a, a yes. Like, oh no, I can't be with you. It's just bad timing to me. That's like, I think it's just like the hardest thing to hear because you can't control when things are going to change. And like, that's very hard to just like sit with that uncertainty that you know, maybe it'll work out in the future, maybe it won't, but, like, right now it's bad timing, and, you know, you never know, it's very just, like, too up in the air for me, like, what is gonna happen, how's it gonna happen, there's no plan, I'm a planner, I just, I'm crazy, right? Like, okay, cut the self-deprecation, not crazy, but, like, yeah, it's not fun to hear that, I think that everyone can agree that with across the board so just funny that like the people who either got back together with their exes my uh office mate at work co-worker including were like yeah it was great we got married or like no it's terrible worst idea of my life so you really are dealing with like you're if you decide to get back like it's going to be the worst thing you've ever decided to do or you know the best thing and like here you are living to tell the tale that's the funny thing with like romance and stuff like that is you there's just so many stories you can spin when you're talking about different relationships, like how things work out in the end. You just never, ever know. Um, and, you know, that just makes me think of the whole thing of how, like, there's no algorithm for a relationship. But, yeah, every single other thing in 2020, this day and age, we can get the latest AirPods, the latest gadgets. But... Nevertheless, we're still out there on the hunt. Also, just a side note, I was thinking about like, if I were to suddenly become in like a serious long term relationship, I hope that I would still come up with entertaining um, content for everybody just because I don't want to be that person who like, 
drastically changes my life and the things that I do because I end up with someone and like my all my values change but I don't really foresee that happening and I think that I'm always going to be interested in having this kind of like having all of these outlets so something that happened to me this week was that I put myself out there with someone that I liked and sort of like kind of received the it's bad timing response kind of like to chalk up the whole story to summary it was just like yeah it's bad timing etc um hence you know me sharing all of my frustrations and kind of like you know it sucks to hear that I definitely will agree to that and sometimes I question myself like you know was it worth it is it worth putting yourself out there for like this kind of thing like maybe I'm doing this all wrong like maybe there's a different way to go about this crazy dating etc stories and I've been listening to this podcast uh it's called YOY uh highly recommend it just like very similar kind of to like what I feel like I'm doing on here um she gets a lot of interviews and people and just talks about dating and different aspects of it so this morning I was listening to the host interviewing like 14 women and like one of her big questions that she got very excited to say was like so why if you're single do you think you're single like what are you doing wrong and I was like well I feel like it shouldn't be so black and white like if you're if you're single it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing something wrong a and b like it just made me think like maybe like I'm doing something really wrong and I just you know like I decided like at the end of the day whatever I do however I put myself out there and however I go about this like it's worth it like I think it's more important to be who you are and to be strong about who you are than to feel like you're doing the right thing all the time um sometimes I wonder like am I overthinking this like am I dramatic am I too emotional um could I chill out in certain ways I'm sure I could but at the end of the day you are you for the rest of your life like I've said before um and I'm happy being me and I think that sometimes talking about dating and like exposing yourself can be uncomfortable and like I can even feel myself like being vulnerable right now about this topic but also it's kind of that vulnerability that like brings out the most change for people and like if there's anyone out there who's feeling similarly then I'm happy to be here and chatting so I just think I lose myself in wondering whether I'm doing things right or not and to be honest, like when, you know, I was told that it was bad timing, I was sad. I was like really sad. And, but I tried to see the good. And even though things were bad and I tried to remember how lucky I am to love music and to be so focused and invested in art when I want to be. And like the things that I'm grateful for in my own personality that are good and that I think that it's really worth being who you want to be because the more I am who I am, the sooner I can be who I need to be, if that makes sense. And so I just decided, like, I, it was weird because I was so sad, but there was a part of me, I don't know if you guys ever feel this way when you're, like, really sad, 
you're like, this is like, I'm sad, but this is a kind of a beautiful sadness. I'm not, I'm embracing the fact that I'm sad because this is an emotion of the world that I'm feeling. And like, I know that it will pass and I just have to totally immerse myself in it. Like, you know, when you listen to a Sufjan Stevens song or, you know, that's my go-to sad song, like a very sad song kind of to like force yourself to cry. It's like, you want to be in that emotion and because like life is about feeling all of the emotions and you know this is going to provide for a perfect segue to Kohelet the book of Ecclesiastes that we read on Sukkot which is a book that's all about the meaning of life and you know it stars King Shlomo and the premise is you know he asks what's the point of life if you're just going to die if what's the point of really living and trying when ultimately you're going to end the same way that everyone else ends? And it's like such a big question and just really makes you think. And there's this recurring phrase where he says, it's all vanity, like, and it's all just, it's all futile, everything that we're doing here on this earth. And I'm just going to read the next part from the source because I feel like I just really don't want to butcher it. And I want you guys to get it in its full entirety and beauty so it goes but king solomon to whom the book of ecclesiastes is traditionally attributed is not uniformly pessimistic he sees a way out of the abyss although he manages to extricate himself only partially occasionally succumbing to the melancholy with which he began the solution is to embrace the temporality of life and without looking beyond to savor the moment one must focus on the here and now Indeed, there is no permanence. Our existence is transitory by its very nature. That, however, is not man's downfall. His downfall is rather precisely in the vain effort to deny the truth that cannot be denied. So, in essence, everything that man does to do things in life, all the material things, are just to deny the transitoriness of life and the fact that everything in life is ephemeral and you'll never get it back one must find the intrinsic value of the present. Wisdom is indeed meaningful if it is gathered for its own sake and not as a monument to him who gathered it. Appreciated and savored in the here and now, wisdom is one of God's greatest gifts to man. So too for wealth. If you understand that wealth is only in order to be enjoyed today, if you completely abandon the thought of wealth as fame for tomorrow, then you may be on your way to overcoming one of the greatest pitfalls of life. The Torah is full of revelation and history, commandment and advice, teachings and direction. Not too many Bible books contain philosophical struggles. Not too many usher us into the inner chambers of the author's dialectical wrestlings with the deepest universal issues of life. Kohelet is one of them. How fitting is it to read in the season of the high holidays? There is no better occasion than this time of ultimate introspection to look death in the eye, even to blink and to struggle and to teeter on the edge of the abyss of meaninglessness and to come out of this struggle with a renewed dedication to the sanctity and beauty of every single moment that God has given us on earth. And when I read this, I just thought how the reason that I was in a strange way not so sad when I was sad was because I feel like I was just appreciating how this is just a moment in time in the life that I live and I just find so often 
the surrealist, surrealistic, like I feel surreal towards the experiences of my own life. Like, A, is this really happening to me? And B, like, this is real right now, but even in like a month or so, it's just a memory. Like, everything that happens that is real won't be real soon. Um, and I wanted to just like appreciate all the stories that we have and all the good and all the bad that we've gone through. There's this great quote um, from Kohelet that fits with this. Um, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Did that not just nail, hit the nail on the head on everything that life happens? Just makes you really think about everything happening in a specific time. Ultimately, you just gotta bring it, it comes down to having trust and imuna in God that everything that you hope and dream of will turn out in the right time. And I think kind of like definitely asking everyone on Instagram about all these topics really reunited hope within me that like timing is a real thing um, that um, even though we try to control certain things in our life, ultimately we never know what's going to happen. And man is just a puppet in this show of life that we can only do our best to be our best, but ultimately God is the ultimate puppeteer. And I think that it's just important to remember that every once in a while to take yourself out of your own situations. I'm, I'm like preaching to myself, you know, like I'm giving myself my internal pep talk. Um, there was this, my mom has this favorite poem that she always shares with me. Like whenever I talk about something that's stressing me out or like, Ugh, like this happened and now I've like lost this and I had this going or it could be about anything like literally not just about dating she's always like remember Elizabeth Bishop the art of losing is not hard to master and she like sends it to me time after time after time now I feel like every time I say the word time it's like okay overkill like we have used the word time in this episode so much and the poem goes like this it's called one art the art of losing isn't hard to master. So many things seem filled with the intent to be lost that their loss is no disaster. Great, it's rhyming. Lovely. Lose something every day. Accept the fluster of lost door keys, the hour badly spent. The art of losing isn't hard to master. Then practice losing farther, losing faster, places and names and where it was you meant to travel. None of these will bring disaster. I lost my mother's watch, and look, my last or next to last of three... Loved houses went, the art of losing isn't hard to master. I lost two cities, lovely ones, and vaster. Some realms I owned, two rivers, a continent. I missed them, but it wasn't a disaster. Even losing you, in parentheses, the joking voice, a gesture I love. 
I shan't have lied. It's evident the art of losing's not too hard to master, though it may look like, in parentheses write it, like disaster. I almost want to read it again so that we can like really delve into each word, but I will spare my breath and just really makes you think about how your memories are so tangible in one moment and not in the next. It kind of freaks me out when I think about how you, some of the things that you think about, you won't even remember that you even thought about them. Um, and there was this other poem that I wanted to read when I was thinking about the topic of bad, of getting back together with exes. Uh, I discovered this poet. Her name is, she's like a 19 year old Australian poet. Her name is Erin Hansen. And here it goes. I was the type of person that held onto things too tight unable to release my grip when it no longer felt right. And although it gave me blisters and my fingers would all ache, I always thought that holding on was worth the pain it takes. I used to think in losing things, loving things, I'd lose part of me too, that slowly I'd become someone my heart no longer knew. Then one day something happened, I dropped what I had once held dear, but my soul became much lighter instead of filled with fear. And it taught my heart that some things aren't meant to last for long. They arrive to teach you lessons and then continue on. You don't have to cling to people who no longer make you smile or do something you come to hate. It isn't worth your while. That sometimes the thing you're fighting for isn't worth the cost. And not everything you lose is bound to be a loss. And that's the whole poem. And it just makes me... It just... My whole point is to remind myself and to remember that the things that we fret about now will all just be memories someday. And in the spirit of not having control over everything that happens, may we all be able to grab life by the horns and just embrace everything that is. And even if it's not you know, like not every day is sunshine and rainbows, but if we look at it in a certain way, a good big part of it really can be that way. It's 2020, so we just have to keep getting out there and having fun and embracing all of the emotions that life brings each person. And I hope that you all really enjoyed this episode and... If you have any ideas for the future, we have a lot of interviews coming up. I'm very excited to say that not one, not two, not three, but I have four interviews scheduled in the next month or so with coworkers and friends from home and from college. And we're going to be tackling a lot of fun subjects. So stay tuned. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and I hope that this brings a little light to your hump day tomorrow, the middle of the week. You were almost there to the end. But also that, of course, you enjoy every moment, like King Shlomo, dear King Shlomo, who had a thousand prostitutes. Okay, take it back. It was amazing. But still, you have to remember, he had a thousand prostitutes. That's a pretty big milestone for him. Anyways, enjoy the present. Be happy. Love you guys. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.
现在。